what are you drinking over there in your fun can? Nope. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. You're right. We're not doing that. Okay. I'm right. We're not doing that. And on that note. Do you. Do you. Let's try this again. Beautiful Celeste. Hello, Miss Beautimus Alley. Hi there, listeners. Welcome to Taboos. I didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> Hello, listeners. Welcome to Taboos, the podcast where we talk about taboo culture with foul mouths and drinks in hand. <gasps> oh, I did that like we've done it professionally. Nice. Yeah, look at it. That's how it goes after 44 episodes. I think I might have even actually gotten that number right, too, so drinks all around. Cheers. Cheers. How was your day today, my dearest? Huge dumpster fire. Holly, if you're listening, I still love my job. It was just a huge dumpster fire. Holly, if you're listening, same. How was your day? Also dumpster fire-ish, and then Tiny had a weird... Very strange moment. I'm honestly pretty confident that it was like a heat stroke moment uh, or maybe a slight dehydration, but she went out for ice cream with her bro friend. Yes, I did say bro friend, who is her best friend, who's a boy, and his mom. And she got really kind of sick at the restaurant. And when I got her home, she fell asleep for like three and a half hours, dead fucking asleep. And she woke up and she looks at me and she goes, am I going to the Eagle's house? Which is her bro friend. And I was like, no. And she's like, yeah, that's today. And I'm like, no, you threw up at the restaurant. What are you talking about? And she's like, I don't know. The last thing I remember was being in Nicole's truck. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. And then she went to bed. (laughs) Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, heat exhaustion is very real, especially right now. It's way too hot out. And I love the heat, so. I know, but her poor little body and her poor little brain probably just got cooked because she's so small and she's got so much hair and she doesn't know how to sit still. So she probably overheated. True. How was she feeling before bed? She was back to herself after she woke up from her three-hour nap. She ate some toast and she was feeling better, uh, but she said that she was just really tired, so she wanted to sleep. Well, I'm glad to hear that she was feeling better. Yeah, we got some electrolytes in her and... I think she'll be okay. But that was our day. Dumpster fire and vomit at Culver's. Calling it a W. (laughs) That sounds pretty typical of having children. And speaking of having children. We know some people with some. Which might be the perfect segue into today's episode. (laughs) I mean, you were going to say something else, but I (laughs) didn't mean to kill it. No, that was perfect. Okay. We do know some people with some kids, but specifically because this month is... Sing it, sing it, sing it. No, I'm not singing it. Please? Bum, 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 All right, there's your beat. I don't even think that's the beat. I'm pretty sure it is. Let's hear it for the boys. Let's give the boys a hey. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. So since we're talking about Men this month, 
it's important to emphasize specifically that today we're going to be talking with someone who has a child who is a man, not his child is a man. <laughs> Did I mess it up? <laughs> I work here. It's fine. I don't even know how to move on from that, dear listeners. <laughs> so I'm just going to go get our guest now. Okay? Okay. Let's go, Nana. Let's go. Okay, bye. I don't even know what he said. I don't either. It's fine. It's very hot in here now. Bring, bring. Well, hey there, special guest. Hi. Hello. Uh, I just want to say that Celeste did such a great job with that professional introduction at the beginning, and you guys totally ruined it with the segue into this. So, <laughs> so clearly I'm not professional, and that's fine. Now we know. There's always a critic. <laughs> of course. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited that you're here. So, I'm Lance. <laughs> oh, he's introducing himself. Oh, wow. Look at him. I, I felt Somebody there was a pause. Somebody get this guy a microphone. <laughs> it's attached to his head. What are you talking about? No, please. The floor is yours, dear sir. Yes, please. Go for it. Okay. Well, and maybe I should have waited because you guys introduced yourselves uh, or, or said hello as gorgeous Celeste and gorgeous Allie. Maybe I was going to get the same treatment. I'm not sure, but. Had you worn a different shirt, maybe. Gorgeous Lance. Gorgeous Lance. Wow. All right. That's great. So yes, <laughs> I am Lance. And I guess a little bit about myself, probably the big reason I'm here is, as they mentioned, I am a man with a child. Uh, I've got a daughter who has grown and I'm here to talk about some of my experiences. So thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. We're so excited to have you. Seriously. Really so excited. I can't wait for this shit. This is going to be amazing. Lance is also very much underselling himself, but as you've already experienced, his sarcasm is on point, even if his height might not be. Jordan, this is not a shot at you, by the way. Lance and I just have a forever involved rivalry, unspoken. I feel as though I'm also part of that rivalry. I feel like I make some swings also. There are jabs. I concur. Oh, you both make your jabs. <laughs> it's a team effort, really. I don't know if you were threatened to be thrown off a cliff. Ooh, no, I wasn't. I wasn't, but I have been threatened before, just not off the cliff. I didn't travel anywhere with him with cliffs, though, so maybe that was part of, like, why that wasn't a thing. Maybe off a desk. <laughs> he would have needed a box to get on top of the desk, so. It's true. There it is. Hey! <laughs> okay, we'll lower our standard of, of humor for you a little bit. Wow, lower your standards. Yeah, that's great. Okay, I'm sorry. Here we are. We, we're here, and I'm so excited that you're here. So, dear listeners, today's episode is all about single dads, because what's coming up? Father's Day. In fact, this airs on Thursday, and I'm looking at a calendar because I can't do math. So in three days, we're going to be celebrating all the dads. Happy dads, dads. Happy dads, dads. <laughs> that, exactly. 
but I thought this was just a perfect episode to slot right here. I love when you slot right here. Terrible. <laughs> so, normally we'd start this off with some history. However, I don't know if you guys are aware. I'm sorry. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, yes. What yes. the fuck are you doing? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You wow. yelled at me before because I wanted to do it. And now yep. you're like, we're going to just not do it at all. I yelled at you before because you tried to exclude our special guest. Now I'm just trying to exclude everybody. <laughs> no, fuck everybody. <laughs> awesome. Lance, my dearest, would you mind telling us what you're drinking over there? Because that's something that we normally do on our show. Allie's being like a terrible hostess right now. So what are you drinking over there in your long sleeve, hideous flannel? Uh, well, I'm drinking a rum and coke today. Awesome. I noticed that your rum and coke glass matches your flannel. It does. Excellent news. So coordinated in Wisconsin-ish. Love that. Yes. If I'm anything, it's fashion conscious. That is correct. Yes. I often coordinate my clothes with my drink. Go pack go. <laughs> That's right. What are you drinking, beautiful? I have. A beverage today. Are you guys ready for what it's called? Because it's so cute. Yep. And it totally made me think of like an old man saying this word. Like I could picture an old man saying this word. And then in my head, I also said to myself, I could see Lance saying that word. And then it felt like an appropriate beer for this episode. The beer is called Hooey. That is super cute. Also, Lance is never coming on the show ever again. (laughs) It's described as crazy, juicy, hazy hooey. It's really fucking delicious. This IPA is hopped with a ridiculous amount of the juiciest hops available. In order to bring you the most hop flavor possible, we intentionally leave yeast and hop oils in the beer by not filtering them out. Some say that's a lot of hooey. What the hell do they know anyway? Crazy, juicy, hazy hooey. And it's literally, there's a lot of alcohol in here. Um, I already am starting to not feel my tongue. Oh, good. Yeah. What are you drinking over there? I am drinking a mango cart by Golden Road Brewing. That can looks like paradise. Yeah, so it's a mango wheat ale. And check this out. I chose this one. Hopefully I can get it close enough to the camera so you can see this dude's mustache. Hang on, where is it? Look, is that not a dad mustache if you ever saw one? Lance, you made it onto a can. Nice hat. I was going to say you need a sombrero. But other than that, that was you, bro. Go with my shirt. (laughs) It would. Also matching. So this is a series inspired by the iconic fruit cart vendors of Los Angeles. And this is just like whatever drink I had last time where... Was it the last episode where I took a drink and I was like, no, thank you. And then I drank half of it and was like, this is quite good. I feel like that was last week. Yes. I feel like I had the most boring drink in the history of your show right there. That's not true. I just said rum and Coke. And you guys had like these cans that you read all this stuff off of. And I mean, you could read us the glass. What what does your glass say, Lance? It says Packers. (laughs) Perfect. I love that. Excellent. Well. Yes, and this is, I mean, tonight I'm really, speaking of the Packers, I'm really glad to be on this show because I want to be doing anything other than talking about Aaron Rodgers right now. So this is is a much-needed break from all that. 
why don't you educate us? Because I don't even know what's happening with Aaron Rodgers. Really? No, really. Al, are you shaking your head too? Yeah, I'm also shaking my head. I knew that there was Discord. COVID actually killed my need for football. So please educate me. Well, he... He didn't show up to camp, and uh, I think they're deciding if they're going to fine him or not. And his future here in Wisconsin is in doubt. And oh. it's been a topic of pretty much anybody who's not living under a rock is inundated with this. Um, so I guess that doesn't include you two. It doesn't. But, you know, people who don't live under rocks also would recognize that that shirt was vile. So, I mean... Win some, lose some. Touche. <laughs> Dear Twitter, if you someday want us to post a picture of the shirt, let us know. We can all vote. We can make that happen. It's really bad, though. Laren can testify. It's really bad. Shout out to Lair Bear because we love you. I think Laren would take my side and say it's the shirt of a man with confidence. A man with something. Yeah. Dear Laren, please weigh in. Thank you. Um, side note, this drink is getting better. It was delicious. Like, the first sip was good, don't get me wrong, but I'm typically not a sweet beer person. So, that's my take. Hot take. Anyways, would you guys like to learn some things? I want a hot take of learning some things. (laughs) This beer might already have me drunk. Okay, but also, we should acknowledge, I started a vegetarian diet today i'm not on a diet and i'm not going vegetarian but i'm trying to really seriously reset my metabolism and my taste buds and all the things and i really only ate nothing but vegetables today and now i'm drinking a very large beer with a lot of alcohol in it and i'm very warm in the face so good luck to all of us (laughs) who knows what's gonna happen here is what i'm saying also, I'm still dying, so that's fun. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Just send flowers or something. When you die, will you sing Let's Hear It for the Boys from Beyond the Grave? No. Why? Just give me this one time. Death wouldn't make my ghost singing better. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Moving on. Moving on to single dads. So there is really no history to obviously single dads or single moms. We're going to dive right into some statistics, therefore. Therefore, thus, actually, can we not do that? Can we just talk about like ways that dads could become single dads? Can we do that? Because I think that a lot of people don't realize that there's a lot of ways to become a single dad. Can we substitute that as history? So that might actually be covered in part of these statistics. Okay. AKA, well, we'll go into that. We should just start the statistics, is what you're saying? Yeah, I think maybe so. Okay, lead the way. Okay, thank you. So this is from census.gov. More than a quarter of the 121 million men in the United States are biological fathers of at least one child under the age of 18. Four out of five fathers of minor children live with at least some of those children. Almost three quarters live with all of their minor children. Additionally, there are 1.8 million men who are solo fathers to a minor child who live with that child and are not living with a spouse or partner. 3.23 million children were living with their single fathers. Wow. Yeah. So you think about single parents, and honestly, the first thing that comes to my mind 
is single moms Mm -hmm. because that's the image that's generally portrayed in the media. But there's 3.23 million single dads out there that have full custody and have their children living with them. And I think it's important to acknowledge that. I absolutely also think that, especially as a single mom, sometimes the numbers feel very outweighed. The ratio from single mom to single dad sometimes feels so drastic. And I really appreciate hearing that, although I'm sure the single mom number is higher because that's real, there's still a real number of single dads out there. And hearing that it's that significant is really cool and honestly I think really empowering to single dads like y'all are out there and you're out there in numbers like that's really fucking cool cheers to you Lance for being one of them yeah if you ever agree with anything Lance too feel free to say it out loud because it's an audio format medium yeah so we can't see you nodding well you can true our listeners can't I will narrate for you if you'd like I do that for Allie when she's laughing sometimes (laughs) Sometimes less of me is more, so that's what mm. I was going for there. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this is from dadfixeseverything.com. 2.6 million households in the U.S. are led by single fathers. Comparatively, there were only about 1.2 million single dad households in 1990. So that's a 50% increase in I can't do math years. Wait, is that even a 50% increase? Somebody help me. No, that's 100%. Dear God. What were the numbers? I don't... What happened? Yeah, that's 100%. Yep, I went backwards. I can feel my brain melting. Mm Mm-hmm. There we go. It's very hot in here. This is why I'm not an accountant. (laughs) This and a few other things. About 52% of single dads are divorced, widowed, or never married. Only 52%? Yep. So, which brings to mind... What are the other ways there are single fathers? So never been any of those things. Never been married. Never been. Clearly, if they've never been married, they've never been divorced. Wait a minute. This statistic makes no sense. About. What? I'm not that drunk. I'm not. I'm going to reread this to see if we can figure it out together. Okay. About 52% of single fathers are divorced, widowed, or never married. That seems really, really low because I'm not sh- I'm not sure what the other 48% would be. <laughs> it's got to be your bull. <laughs> I also don't know. I'm very confused because to me that covers everything, does it not? Is that 52% not literally everything? What else is there? There's divorced, widowed, and never married. I mean, there's adopted, there's foster, there's... Yeah, that's covered under never married. I mean, yeah, but I just was saying other ways of having a baby. (laughs) Thank you for not contributing to me figuring out what the other 48% is. (laughs) I didn't do this research. You told me not to, so I didn't. Dear listeners, I'm confused by the wording of this statistic. Just now, 52% of single dads are something. Curtain call. No more taboos. 
That's a bunch of hooey. <laughs> oh my god, I'm crying. It's so hot in here. Dadfixeseverything.com. I love your website. Still very confused by the statistic that I copied directly from it. Please clarify. Thank you. 41% are living with a non-marital partner. I can't hear statistics now. <laughs> We're going to keep going. Okay. And then this pertains to like a changing landscape within fatherhood and single dad child care in general. The amount of times dads spend on child care each week, eight hours, has tripled. And the amount of time spent on household chores, 10 hours, has doubled since 1965. Men have become increasingly more likely than women to change careers, decline a pay raise, move or leave the country to better suit their family's needs. 52% of dads report showing more affection to their children than they received as kids, which that makes my heart so happy. It absolutely does make my heart so happy. It also makes my heart sad because that should not have ever been a thing, but happy that it's changing. Yeah, I've, I've definitely seen that. Not just, you know, through myself, but through other um, dads, you know, you can have, uh, I think these days it's not uncommon for you have the biggest badass guy in the world, you know, yet he's singing lullabies to his kid at night. And I don't know that that was always the case. So that is pretty cool. I love that because I agree completely. And that's a very similar mental image to what I think about. And I agree. I really do. And I agree that it's really cool and really beautiful. Yeah, I think there used to be a disconnect where men would provide for the family, like really earn the money and come home and eat dinner and show up. And that was that. They weren't there for the emotional support. And I'm so glad that those times have changed and become something completely different because I couldn't imagine that. Like seeing Nick with Moose or even seeing the relationship he has with his dad it means the world to me and the relationship I have with my dad. I, there's nothing, nothing can compare to it for me. So I think that it's really real that there are still very real numbers as it relates to households that don't have that supportive and loving environment. And that's on both sides, single parent or non-single family. Like that's very real, but I do really appreciate specifically in this research and statistics that it was called out that that is something that men are reporting overall. I think that that's really important. And also, like, this is my small plug to just say, dear dads, if you had a really shitty dad growing up, please don't be him. Like, even if you tell yourself you're not, really sit with it and ask yourself, am I being him? And maybe it doesn't sound the same, maybe it doesn't look the same, but being the dad's a really hard job. And it can be really hard to be emotional, especially if you're not familiar with it. So just practice and be kind to yourself because that's important. Agreed. It can be really hard, but doing the things that you're talking about also make it really rewarding at the same time. So for sure. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Thank you for adding that. 47% of dads play with their kids more than their parents did. 46% of dads read with their kids more often than they recall being read to as a child. That was an interesting one to me because when I think of a parent reading to a kid, I do think of a mom reading to a kid. I think that's because that's the role that my mom fulfilled. Like, my mom truly did spark my love of reading. But 
Nick reads Moose's bedtime story every night that he's home. So, like, that is completely broken in my head as far as that alignment goes. And I didn't even realize that I had it until I came across the statistic. So I have a very similar alignment, though, and mine is because, I mean, this isn't me, like, doing anything other than being really honest. I didn't have a dad. So all I had was a mom, and my mom is who did that. I don't even think that my biological father knew how to read. Probably still doesn't. I concur he probably doesn't. 54% of dads say I love you more frequently than their parents did. That one is such a big deal to me. Dear parents of any gender, of any relationship status, tell your fucking kids you love them. That is so important. Tell your kids you love them. Always. Yes, please. So, pop quiz time. Dear listeners, Lance is a TV and movie connoisseur. Like supreme connoisseur. So I'm looking to him to like win this if we're keeping scores. Oh no. All right. That's a lot of pressure. So before we dive into the next section, can you guys think of representations of single dads within the media, within TV and movies? I thought of four. Nope. I thought of three. I mean, does a good representation or just a like, like Jamie Lannister? <laughs> He's a good dad though. All right. Well, <laughs> any representation counts. Any, I have a point here. I can think of um, the neighbor in The Simpsons. What's his name? Flan- Diddley. The Diddley guy. The Flanders. Is that his name? He's not single, though, is he? Yeah, he totally is. Uh, he I, has two sons and no wife, and they always go to church. Yes. I feel like maybe you should fact check that one a little bit, because... Shut up with your fact checks. Get out of here. Yeah. Fact check The Simpsons. <laughs> I cannot weigh in on this. Wasn't there like the uh, the Three Men and a Baby movie with um, Steve Gutenberg and I think it was Tom Selleck? Now I'm really dating myself. You guys are looking blankly. Is um, this Baby's Day Out? Former. Wait, didn't they just find a baby? No, it's called Three Men and a Baby. Like that's the name of the movie. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dear God. I'm from the 90s. I don't know what the fuck you want from me. I thought they just found a baby in that movie. Holy shit. I think maybe one of them was the dad of the baby and they all were teaming up because they were all a little bit incompetent at doing the dad thing and they all teamed up on it. I have a good one. I have a good one. Okay. Who? The professor from Powerpuff Girls. You guys. Jesus Christ. I'm so disappointed in both of you right now. Why? That was such a good one. I've never seen Powerpuff Girls, so my apologies. He created them. That's all I know. Oh my fucking God. How did you not name Danny Tanner? Oh, Danny Tanner. You loved Full House. Don't even give me that. I can't tell you I didn't, but also Danny Tanner would be the farthest thing. You know who I did think of, though? Goofy. Oh, Goofy's a great one. Thank you. Shout out to my sister who the first time she was in Disney, she walked up to Goofy and she said, you say Garsh. And now I can't think of Goofy without thinking you say Garsh. (laughs) My favorite thing about this right now is the fact that you, Celeste, are naming all cartoons. Hey, I have a very limited window of things I watch, just so you know. 
What about Adam Sandler in Big Daddy? Yeah. Ooh, or We Bought a Zoo. We Bought a Zoo is Matt Damon with no mamas. Scarlett Johansson. I've never seen that, but I appreciate the call. Why don't you watch things? Get out of your house. That sounds like a chick flick. You're a chick flick. So good. We Bought a Zoo is not a chick flick. It's a family fun time movie. I'm offended. It's a bit of a chick flick in my opinion, but... Lance, shut up. <laughs> I, I do have one more single dad from pop culture, actually. Darth Vader. The ultimate father. That is so good. All right. That takes cake. Lance wins the pop quiz. I do forfeit to Lance on the Darth Vader. I had a really good run with Goofy, though. You did. Goofy is actually probably my favorite call in all of them. Sucka. Because what's the word I'm looking for? What is the word that we called out last week that I also forgot? Future. Please say that because that's very fucking helpful. Foreshadowing. Thank you. Yes. Foreshadowing. I saved Goofy <laughs> as an example for this week's tile or for this week's announcement. Oh. So the three that I came up with were the dad in the Andy Griffith show, which Celeste literally has no idea. Totally fine. Way, be- way before your time. I'm with you on that one. I think it was in black and white. That's what I have. Obviously, Danny from Full House. The sweaters on that one. And then um, Pursuit of Happiness, which was based on a true story Aww. of a single father raising his child. Actually, I want to go back to Goofy for a moment, please. Both Goofy and Pete are single fathers. And Pete is, Big Pete is Max's best friend's dad. And they're both single dads and they do dad things together. And when Tiny was little, Goofy was like her favorite thing ever. So we've seen all the movies. And I'm just telling you that Goofy is friends with another single dad. And that's important. That's a great call out. And Goopy really is single dad goals. He does everything to keep Max happy. He really does. And yes, shout out to an extremely goofy movie. Or just a goofy movie. I think that one's my favorite one. That's the one with the leaning ch- tower of Cheesa. Yeah, the, re- the original. Move on. Carry on. Don't let me keep doing this. All the dad jokes, son, in that movie. Good. Perfect. <laughs> I know that I'm going to be scrambling through Netflix tonight to see if I can find that. So, It's such a good movie. It was Tiny's favorite when she was little. I've seen that movie approximately 80 million times in my life because it was also my favorite when I was little. So the point to that was there's not a lot of representation. Maybe we need to continue with more positive examples to help break the stigmas and stereotypes, which is the next section in this episode. I'm very looking forward to that. Do you see how beautiful that transition was? Don't worry, I'll pet myself. I'm sorry, what? Do you need a raise? So, Lance, this section, this little bit here, are some things that I came across that in forms and stuff that I was reading, a lot of dads were saying they have heard, just dads in general, but mostly single dads, were saying that they have heard when out and about with their child that are just general responses from the public Typically women. Mom have the day off? Playing babysitter today? Is it daddy-daughter day? Where's their mom? Did you ever run into any of those while raising your beautiful daughter? You, you know, actually, I I never really thought about it 
And I don't think I ever really recognized that that was happening. I and mean, when you just said that now, um, yeah, certainly. I, I think I heard those types of things all the time. And it probably felt pretty commonplace. And like, you know, the dad, uh, daddy daughter day type of thing. You know, my response is always, yeah, it's daddy daughter day. But, um, but certainly I heard those type of things quite a bit. And why? When I was reading these, though, like the daddy daughter day one caught me for a second because I was like, well, why is that offensive? And then it, I stopped for a second. And I was like, because every day is daddy daughter day. It's not a day. It's not something that's turned on or off. It's every day. I'm not asked, is it mom and son day? Nobody, like, nobody says that to me. They don't presume it's a special day because I'm out with my child. It's just I'm out with my child. That's the role I'm in. Or actually what I think is really interesting about that is that on the mom's side, it's not a daddy-daughter day. Excuse me. It's Like you said, it's not a mommy-son day. It's a mommy-and-I day. When it's talked about from a mom perspective, it's very child-focused. It's very child-driven. Mommy-and-I, right? Like... I think about all the times that I've gone shopping for clothes for Tiny and I for her photo shoots. And there's a whole section of clothes on like every mommy website you can find for mommy and I or mommy and me, right? For daughters and sons. But for dads, yeah, that's not a thing. And daddy-daughter day or daddy-daughter dance, like those very specific qualified events or items, I personally, yeah, recognize like, why can't you just have this time with your child? Why does it have to have a qualifier on it? Because you have her all the time. It shouldn't be qualified. And yet people presume it is. Which is really wrong and really shallow. Like, honestly, that feels really shallow to me. That's the only word I can use to describe it. So these two statistics are from dadfixeseverything.com again. About 52% of people believe mothers do a better job caring for new babies than fathers. Only 39% of fathers believe they're doing a very good job at being a dad compared with 51% of mothers. That statistic makes me super sad. Nick was an amazing and is an amazing father to Moose. I literally, like, I would have lost my mind with Moose if he wasn't around. The thought that he would have ever thought he wasn't doing a fantastic job and that society doesn't reinforce dads in the manner that they need to be really hurts me. Like, we just need to do better. So I really only have one very small thing on this, and I'm very curious, Lance, if it's part of this statistic being driven forward. I honestly don't feel like society in general prepares men to handle children, handle babies, right? So I feel like society drives that statistic simply by when a man tries to inundate himself in what it means to be a father with an infant, it's like not allowed. Like we talked about last week with men trying to be in daycare facilities or in teaching roles, working with or or being around children, right? Like that's not a normal thing in society. It is for women though. So even if a woman just randomly gets pregnant, there's a lot more avenues for her to have experience with kids before she has a baby. I just don't think society offers that to men. Lance, would you agree to that? And also what are your thoughts on some of those numbers? Yeah, I I would agree with that. I think that, you know, some of that is... Um, 
sent down from generation to generation. We talked a little bit about previous generations and the difference um, in parental styles. And I think in coming generations, we're going we're gonna to see those numbers go up um, because of experiences that dads are having today. And yeah, I, the, you know, the first one, I thought the number was really low and it really surprised me. And, you know, some of it you know, might be, you know, what are people judging that on? You know, I, I can say that there were probably parents that judged me because I couldn't send my kid to preschool with a shirt that matched her pants. Um, I just couldn't do it. Well, we <laughs> know, the shirt we know that you can't do that for yourself either. So it's not hard. I mean, it's it's right. not a leap for you. That's not like something you were just neglecting to put her in matching clothes. You don't do that for yourself either. <laughs> yeah, well, and and uh, uh, putting a ponytail in her hair. I mean, I it, it was like I didn't have opposable thumbs. I just couldn't do it properly. So I, I think sometimes some of those things are looked at as, oh, you know, that person's not doing a good job as a parent. And they, those things really don't have anything to do with the quality uh, that that person is is raising their child with, so. Oh my God, can we like print that on some shit? Because real standing ovation for that, holy shit. Matching clothes and perfect ponytails don't have fucking anything to do with how well you're doing at raising your kid. Real, real. I now just wanna say this, I know children who always have the perfect ponytails and they always have the perfect clothes. And I know for a fact that those kids wish their mommies hugged them more. I'm just saying that really, if your kid is the one who has that really ask yourself, are you being the best parent for your child? Cause there are so many more important things than what your child has going on on the outside. For sure. So something else that I wanted to ask super quick on that thought, because you had brought up the generational piece, Lance. I know when my sister was born, she was the first baby that my stepdad had ever held ever in his life. He was well into his 30s. Yeah. No, he was 30. So at 30 years old, my stepdad held a baby for the first time in his life. Do you feel like that's a normal experience for men your age and also like moving forward how common do you feel like that is in the male world or do you feel like we're getting farther and farther away from that also um i think we're getting farther away from it although you know there's something in in our psyches sometimes that uh you you feel like you're gonna break them and it probably has been built over time again where, you know, who who's the babysitters that come and watch your kids? And I think a lot of times young girls grow up taking that role and taking those babysitter jobs and and boys don't get that kind of thing growing up. And it, it's, it is a little bit, um, I, I don't think that's that uncommon still. I would agree. And I think that's really interesting that you brought it to a babysitter place specifically because recently I had made a comment to a friend of mine about another friend of mine, her older son, watching our daughters while we all just went out for a drink and on a patio when we were on vacation. And she immediately reacted with, he's not watching my daughter. And it was really off-putting to me because one, I was like, okay, first of all, he's gay, so I'm not worried. I'm not sure why you are. Second, you don't even know this boy. If I'm trusting this boy with my child, 
and you trust me with your child. Don't you think that that should mean something to you? But the moment I said, this boy could watch our children, it was a firm fuck no. There was no if and or about it. And I think that that's more common than anybody in society really wants to recognize. And I understand as the mother of a beautiful little girl that it's really scary leaving your daughter with a teenage boy. I get that. But at the same time, you have to have a little faith in yourself and the people that you have in your company and their children. I'm not saying it's always perfect, but also we have to set a higher precedence for ourselves and for our sons. And that starts with giving them opportunities. And that only prepares them for the potential of being a single father in the future. I think a lot of people don't have exposure to seeing boys, or not even boys really, young men as caregivers. For instance, my brothers are great babysitters. My eldest and middle brother, for sure. Like, they're meant to either have children of their own someday or whatever, but... Andrew is meant to have all the children, for real. Moose adores them, and they are fantastic with him, and they have a capacity for care and love for him that I don't think a lot of people would be used to seeing, and it's not just because he's related to them. They truly enjoy the joy of him as a child, like how silly he is and how fun he is. Well, I can speak to that directly because Andrew has watched Tiny before. Mm -hmm. And yes, he's a fantastic person to have in the babysitter Rolodex there. I went a little 1980s for you guys to like just kind of bring it back. But seriously, like, yes, I agree completely. Andrew is fantastic with children and always has been. But I do remember the hesitation when I had asked him to babysit, not on my end, Or on his end, but the people around me at the time in my life were like, you're going to let a teenage boy watch your daughter? That's really irresponsible. And I was like, I don't agree with you because I know this teenage boy and because I have decent judgment and also Allie will hurt him. So I'm not worried about it. And I really just really think that's what it comes down to. More often than not, we have to give boys the chance to prove that they're not the things that society is worried about them being. And just giving them a chance to nurture and, like, learn that role. Exactly. We can't have hope for good dads if we don't give boys the opportunity to be around children. Good dads are not born. They're made. That's true for all parents. But specifically, I need to say that as it relates to dads because more often than not, I feel like women have these expectations of men being such a good dad. And they don't even realize that the men in their life haven't been around good men ever. So maybe they might be a good dad, but it's really a 50-50 shot. And I think in order to get away from it being a 50-50 shot, it needs to be more normal for boys to have interaction with younger children. So this point kind of ties into that whole thought process. There is a stigma that men are the buffoon slash subordinate parent and aren't nurturing enough to provide everything for their child, that they really can only take a secondary role to the nurturing aspect of child rearing, which is ridiculous. And along with that, when someone finds out that dads are a single parent, there's the pity of, oh no, you're not going to be able to handle it, you poor thing, which is 
I wouldn't be able to handle it. Please and thank you. Stop making these ridiculous assumptions. Shout out to our single moms episode where I make the comment about putting a hat on your child. Like, ugh. I just really hate the way that society talks down to single dads like they're these poor unfortunate creatures that are just so fortunate to have figured it the fuck out like stop yeah actually it's funny that you say that because i was i was just about to comment that you know sometimes you know i felt like if i successfully tied her shoes in public people would treat me like i was captain america right like a big old fucking pat on the back which yes yes you should get because you're a good dad you deserve that without question but also do you deserve it for tying her shoes that's the thing. Yeah, and I, I say that, you know, not to completely complain. No. Um, you know, sometimes sometimes on the reverse side of all this, single dads get too much credit. I mean, we're, we get credit for stuff that really should be everyday common things that we do. And I guess I guess you can look at that two different ways. You know, I think, I think very often, you know, I'll get compliments from people or people will take notice of things that I do that are the same things that her mother has done or that you know, that a single mom is doing. And there's a little bit of a little bit of unfair bias that way as well. So I actually really appreciate that you said that because I experience that more often than not. And this is not me hating on single dads as a whole. This is me having a really shitty counterparent. So shout out to my shitty counterparent. I experience that more often than not. People will see my daughter in his presence and assume that she's so smart and wonderful and intelligent and wise for her age because he's fucking magnificent. I assure you he's not. I'm not saying that it's all me. It's not all me. However, I really recognize that my counterparent takes a lot of credit for things that he has nothing to do with. And that's really demoralizing as the parent who is doing all the things and that could be said by anybody that could be said by the single dad who has the shitty counterparent single mom and it could be said by the single mom who has the shitty counterparent single dad but i really recognize that more often than not to your point lance dads get this over exuberant gold star that isn't necessarily always deserved But also, I recognize that the things that dads get congratulated for are the things that should just be normal, like you said. The things that I want to see dads congratulated for are the really impressive shit. Like, the fact that you are the dad you are, that's really fucking impressive. That's the kind of thing that I would like to see dads be commented on on in their parenting journey not, oh my goodness, you remembered to put a jacket on her because it's 12 degrees outside. Trust me, that's happened in my life. I just think that there's a real disconnect there because if I put a jacket on at 12 degrees, that's an expectation. He does it and it's like a round of applause. That's a different story. I think that part of it though is because when it's a commonplace thing that's occurring, that's being celebrated, it's because there is a lack of expectance that a single dad knows or dad knows to do it like i don't think you're wrong in that at all the people that are celebrating think that men are too dumb to know to do it which is like absolutely stupid 
I mean, my counterparent is actually too dumb to do it. So he really does deserve a gold star when he does it. I'm just not going to be the bitch to give it to him. So this next quote is from gluingcheese.co.uk. Gluing cheese? I couldn't tell you. Welcome to Wisconsin. That's one of my favorite websites, actually. (laughs) It's where Lance got his shirt. I want to bring up my single dad expertise when I buy flowers with my kids and the checkout assistant asks if I want to take the price off so she won't know how much they were. To tell them that the flowers are for me, that I have no one to give them to, and that's not because I fucked up my marriage and split my family up. When I buy cleaning products, I want to say it's because I need them, that I buy them on a regular basis, and that I know what all of them are for. I also want to say that dads can be primary caregivers too. I thought that was a really powerful and important quote because one, okay, women and men and anybody that is anything, give men flowers. Men deserve flowers too. First call out. Okay. Actually, I did this. I do this thing. Yes, men deserve flowers without question. But also uh, for men who really don't want flowers, there's also really cool companies Specifically, shout out to the Manly Man Company who make bouquets of beef jerky flowers. I have now you're talking. I have gotten uh, my ex a bouquet of beef jerky flowers, and they were really fucking cool and really delicious. And they come in these um, glasses that say the Manly Man Company. Shout out to the Manly Man Company specifically, but like there are a bunch of different things like that. Where you can do a very cool gesture like flowers for men, but it's not as quote unquote feminine. I just am throwing that out there because I know that the men that I have personally had in my life would not give a fuck about flowers, even though the gesture would be appreciated. But this was like a cool twist on something that he fucking loved that also was still flowers. And I really appreciated that. So am I going to find out that as a parting gift for all your guests on the show, they get a bouquet of beef jerky? That would be tremendous. You you never know, Lance. All right. All right. <laughs> so aside from the flowers, though, the fact that really all this guy wanted was to not have these preconceived notions thrust upon him and to be able to say, hey, these are my kids. I'm their dad. I'm the primary caregiver. I get them up, I feed them, I dress them, I help them do their schoolwork, I clean the house, I take care of business, and that's my role, and there's nobody else to do it. Like, we need to stop making assumptions, period. Absolutely. I know that this is a single dad's episode, but as the single mom, I really just need to take my moment to say that absolutely needs to go both ways. On that note, another, like, assumption, dad's being asked, what's wrong with their mom, a.k.a. People making the assumption that dads don't just want to dad, that there has to be a reason that the responsibility, air quotes, was thrust upon them. Lance, what are your thoughts around that? Like, I was going to ask too, did you have any experience with that? I got to be honest with you, I, I don't really feel like I felt that one as much. And maybe that's something that's evolving a little bit in society and, and people's perceptions are changing a bit. Now, to be fully transparent, you know, in my situation, yes, I'm a single dad and 
I've taken a lot of those responsibilities, but she also has a mother that does a great job in her time with her. So maybe I'm a little bit more shielded from that because you know, there is a mother in the picture as well. So it, that's not something I really have had to had to deal with. It's good to hear that you did. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I do know that I have had partners who were single dads who have had that experience and I've witnessed it because I'm obviously not the mom of their children and that's pretty evident. So I have seen that firsthand of, oh, where's his mother? Is she ill? Is she out? Is is your mommy down with a headache today? Like I have heard that question be asked in front of my single dad partner before and really hard and really offensive because to your point like why can't he just be the dad why can't he just be in dad mode why does there have to be something wrong with the mother in order for the father to be the dad like that's just such a slight that society plays that i don't really appreciate you know as you talked i did think of one situation that definitely fits the bill on this. And it was me bringing her to dance class. And it was all the moms in the room. Um, and it was me bringing her and, and picking her up and waiting. And I was always the only dad in the room. And initially, that's nobody said that, of course, but that's always kind of the feeling that I got. Mm-hmm. So it started out a little bit weird like that. Uh, and then you know, after a while, it, it just was kind of cool because I was the only dad in the room uh, with mm-hmm. with a bunch of moms. So Lance's favorite um, place to be, really. There could be worse things. <laughs> real. But as the mom at the dance studio, I can tell you that that's very real. I can tell you from the opposite end of that perspective, there have definitely been the only dad who dropped off their daughter And that dad, in my perspective and in my perception in that moment, does get the little gold star and not because he's doing anything outside of the norm. Like I'm not I'm not belittling the experience at all. But what I am doing is recognizing that he is the only dad. And every time I see that, I think it's so cool because he's the only dad who puts on her ballet slippers and make sure that they are tied correctly And he really dedicates time and attention and detail. And that's why he gets the gold star. Because I'm not that mom. I throw my kid in the dressing room with her tights and her Leo. And I say, get that shit on. We got to go as I'm like wrapping her hair in a messy bun. And I just really recognize that of the two of us, the single dad is doing the better job, honestly, in that one situation. And for that, he deserves credit. I also know that I am one of the few moms in that situation who look at it that way. And that's real, too. Also, shout out to any guy that's willing to go sit in a room full of estrogen for an hour at a time because I'm not. Jesus, if you're willing to sit at a dance studio, please just find me and we'll be friends and we will skip all the dance practices together. I don't even care if they're on the same day. We'll just skip. We'll just play hooky. I fucking hate dance classes. So kind of on that note. Mom often still gets the credit for cute outfits and hair because no one ever assumes that dad did it. I super hate my co-parent, but he does do her hair and he does do it really cute and he does paint her nails and she loves when he paints her nails. Other than that, I really super fucking hate him. 
but he gets credit for those things. I think I've already established that um, what Allie said basically holds true for me. So um, those are areas <laughs> yeah. that I probably was not skilled in. I could not do her hair properly or put her in the cutest outfit. I was really good at getting my nails painted. Does that count? Does that count? <laughs> yes. Yes, Aww. it does. It absolutely counts. counts. But probably not did your hair because there's not a lot there to work with. Maybe. Thanks for noticing. You're welcome. Here's an uncomfortable one and shout out to last week's episode. Dad's having to deal with pedo vibes that people think they give off at playgrounds, in stores, waiting at the bathroom, being asked if you're really the child's father. What the fuck? Like, dads can't hang out at playgrounds? Lance, say some things. This one's definitely true. And some of it maybe was in my head. I don't know. But, you know, raising a young girl, you know, an example would be, you know, she'd want to have when she was little, she wants to have her friends from school over for sleepovers. And um, I know for certain that there were parents that didn't want to let their kids come in and stay over at my house because you're the dad. I was a single dad. Yeah. Yep. You know, and I think Celeste alluded to this a little bit earlier. I mean, I have a little bit of mixed feelings about it. I can, to some degree, I mean, I, I have a daughter and I'm protective and want to be very careful, you know, although it, that definitely bothered me that um, mm-hmm. anybody could mm-hmm. think that, that their child wasn't safe with me. Uh, so yeah, I definitely saw that. And, and in different situations, like you said, at the park or, or waiting outside the bathroom and, and those types of things, um, I, I think I saw that all the time. Lance, you actually literally almost word for word said my spinoff of that because I read an example from Reddit that the poster was talking about his seven-year-old little girl that hadn't had a sleepover yet because no other parents would let their kid sleep over at her house because they were uncomfortable that the only person in the house was a dad, that there wasn't a mom around, which makes me so sad. I need to say this really fast for anybody who hasn't heard our consent episode. Women are just as likely to be predators as men. So just I'm not downing on anybody, but also not being at all secretive about that fact. Yeah. And and I remember, you know, an awkward situation where uh, she had a a friend over for the day and um, the friend wanted to stay uh, for the night. And I remember the, the, the little girl's conversation with the mother and I could I could tell that there wasn't a real good reason and maybe maybe she just didn't want her sleeping over anywhere but uh but yeah I I definitely had seen that and it it's not a great feeling you know when you know that somebody's having those kind of concerns about you for sure Mm -hmm. I really recognize that I had one experience with this, and I honestly, this only occurred to me a few weeks ago. I don't even know why this popped into my head, unless maybe it was for this episode. But there was one time when I was a teenager, I was old enough to drive because I ran to the restaurant to pick up the food that I had ordered for my sister and I while I was babysitting. And my friend Suki, shout out to Stuke if he's listening, stayed with my sister While I just ran to the restaurant to pick up our food, I literally ordered takeout. I was gone for maybe 15 minutes. And when I got home and my parents found out that I had left my sister with my friend who had been to my house a hundred times, who had met my parents a hundred times, 
My parents lost their fucking mind that I had left my sister alone with my friend simply because he was a boy. Again, that only occurred to me the other day, but I really think about that in this situation and this perspective, not only for what I said before, because it didn't even occur to me at that time, but really now that Suki is a single dad and he does have a daughter, like, I really guarantee you that if my parents knew him at the time that that happened, they knew that my sister wasn't safer with anybody other than me or him. He's a great dad. He's a great person. He's always been that way. And I just really recognize like how offended I was as an adult looking back on that memory, really having it occur to me what happened that day when my parents lost their mind, finding out that I was gone for 15 minutes and left my sister alone. Again, recognize the safety risk, totally acknowledging. I'm not even saying that their fears are invalid. However, I'm saying that they were projected invalidly and that's not fair. That's not fair to do to anybody, let alone dads. Agreed. And then the last one I had within stigmas and stereotypes was that when it comes to dating, the assumption that single dads are looking for a replacement mom or stepmom, it's not true. They can handle the parent thing. They're not looking for a replacement. Like, that's just weird to me. Single moms aren't looking for a replacement dad. Like... I don't know. That was just a really weird thing to me. I'm really curious what you have to say about this one, Lance. Uh, that one's that one's a little bit weird to me too. Now I'm sure that I'm sure it's not completely uncommon. Although it's certainly not a situation that I don't think I ever felt anyone thought that I expected them to be a replacement. I mean, if anything, you know, probably a bigger challenge, you know, being a single dad. And I know this is not a single dad dating episode, so we won't get into all that. No, no, no. Get into it. Get into it. Please get into it for real. But I think if if you're if you're dating somebody who doesn't have kids, um, probably a bigger concern is that they have a difficult time understanding that you've got somebody else that is is a number one priority in your life. And if you're dating somebody with kids, then it uh, it just becomes a it becomes a bit of a scheduling nightmare, to be honest with you. Um, it becomes really difficult. I mean, typically you've got split custody situations and those types of things. But the scenario of somebody saying, oh, you just want me to replace their mother, that's not one that personally um, I had encountered at all. I have experienced that. I have experienced being replaced. I have done that. And this isn't, that's not anything other than me sharing. Like, that is a real perspective that's out there. And I don't know if that's necessarily perpetuated by single dads or if it's perpetuated by the partners of single dads who are desperate to have children or desperate to take over that role, right? Because I'm not saying that my counterparent fully made that happen, but I also recognize he did endorse it. So I recognize that there is a full spectrum out there as it relates to that exact topic. Lance, you being one end of the spectrum of I didn't experience that. Myself being a very extreme end of that spectrum because we had a very extreme experience with that. But I also recognize that that's everywhere in the middle. As someone who has dated single dads, I recognize it's really hard to find that middle ground between I love your kid And I want to help raise your kid and be a positive role model for your kid. But I'm not trying to overstep that bound. I'm not trying to be the mom. I'm not trying to take over or be an influence in a way that 
is inappropriate, there's a very fine line there as someone who's dating the single dad. I can't imagine what that line looks like being the dad and trying to juggle, okay, is this is this too far? Is this not far enough? As as it relates to allowing a woman to be a role model in your child's life, like I just really recognize that would probably be really, really fucking hard. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, it's something that, you know, I, I've tried to be really cautious about um, as far as who becomes part of her life. And, you know, I, th- I think anybody, you know, from my perspective, anybody that is going to be introduced to her in that way and as part of her life, it's somebody that I want to know that we're showing, you know, the right of right example of what her relationship should be like. Mm-hmm. But I can definitely tell you, at least from my perspective, with you know, no uncertain terms, I'm not expecting or looking for somebody to be the replacement for her mother. I think that's really important that you say that, though, that way too. You shouldn't have to, but I do think it's important that you do because I do think that there's a misconception more often than not with single dads to Allie's point that society, let alone women on dating apps, think that about men with children. Yeah, it was actually brought up a few times in everything I was reading and I was like, what? Okay. I do think it's weird as fuck though. Yeah. So this next section is other challenges they face. And it's just a random assortment of things that I was like, okay, well, this is all stupid. Well, wait a Way to set us up for excitement for these next I ones. I really, you, you did. You sold it right there, babe. I <laughs> really think there's going to be some Celeste rants in here. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm feeling a little liquid courage. I can't wait for the rants. It's also 8 million degrees in here. This first one really annoyed the fuck out of me. So, defaulting contact details to the mom for school and medical stuff, even when it's specifically pointed out that the dad is the first line of contact. I read an instance in which the mom and dad divorced, and it was an amicable divorce, and it was specified by the mom that the contact needs to first go to the dad because the dad's job was closer, and she was in a a job where she couldn't be contacted like at the drop of a hat. The dad was more easily accessible. She said every single time the school or doctor would call her first. What the fuck? First off, disrespect. And second off, like, I guess I don't even have a second off. Like, disrespect, truly. Like, here we go. Yeah, I think that, um, I think that that rings pretty true. Um, I think a lot of, now I've never gotten, you know, pushback, certainly, or um, somebody didn't follow our instructions when it came to that. But yeah, I think that's the default that that folks will go towards is use the mom for the emergency contact. Um, Yeah. I remember growing up, my stepdad was the emergency contact because he was the only one who would have answered his phone. (laughs) Nice. So the next one was, um, this was something I didn't even know was a thing. Non-existent diaper change stations in guys' bathrooms. I did know this was a thing and fuck this. Fuck this hardcore. So Ashton Kutcher actually launched a change.org petition to confront Target and Costco on this in 2015, resulting in them promising to put changing tables in men's bathrooms in new or remodeled stores. But the fact that there weren't 
and still aren't, changing tables in a lot of men's bathrooms for their babies and that men have to change their babies I don't even fucking know where is insulting. Uh, in the car? Yeah, like <laughs> degrading. Yeah. There's pictures of men changing, like laying down paper towel on the floor and changing their babies on the floor because there are no other options. Like what the fuck? I don't get it. I didn't know that Ashton Kutcher had started a campaign like that, but I do remember about a year ago, maybe two, um, Huggies had started a campaign and John Legend was like the face of that for a minute, if not longer, but that they had started a similar campaign with the Koala Care Company to get changing tables installed in bathrooms because, yeah, men don't have them. More often than not in public spaces, men don't have changing tables in their bathrooms. Which is outrageous because, yes, what the fuck are you supposed to do with your child at that point? And the floor thing, that pisses me off for so many reasons. Like, I would really actually slaughter someone if I ever had to put my child on the floor to change her diaper in a public fucking space. And really the thing that is most frustrating about that is that I know I would never have to do that just because I have a vagina. True. Dear men, if you're ever out and about and I see you and you need to change your child and there's not a changing station in your bathroom, let me know. I'll walk you into the women's bathroom and I'll stand guard by it so you can change your baby in that bathroom. Absolutely same. And I'll say mean things to anybody who's got an opinion about it. So a spin-off on that is the fact that it's a bit more awkward to bring a little girl into a men's bathroom than it is for a mom to bring any child into a woman's bathroom. Okay, so put more stalls in a men's bathroom then. Or more family bathrooms. Or, that too. Or make it okay for men to go into women's bathrooms with their little girl and have somebody just post by the door and say, hey, my daughter has to go to the bathroom. Can I bring her in here for like two seconds? I think the real solution is more family bathrooms though. Or or honestly, if, remove the family. Just bathrooms. Just common use fucking bathrooms. Which, shout out to future episodes about gender issues and bathrooms, because that's also going to fucking come up. But I seriously recognize, if we really just took off the little fucking label, and we had the stalls, and we had the fucking changing table, nobody would know the difference anyway. So what difference does it make? Yeah, I would agree with that, with the um, the more generic bathroom uh, type for stuff like that. I think, it, you know, when I think back to my time, it was okay when she was really really little and it was okay for her to come in with me and and then it was okay once she was completely able to be on her own and go into the women's bathroom it's that in between time mm-hmm. <laughs> where she's yep. a little bit too big uh, to go in with dad here uh, but dad definitely can't go in there with right. her um mm-hmm. and it would be great to have more of those types of options real single dad groups don't really seem to be a thing like Support groups, playdates and stuff, there's really not a ton out there. There's more than there used to be, but there's still not a ton. So I have seen a dad group, and actually the dad group that is, I'm not saying it's the only one, but the one that I'm familiar with is actually ended up being like really sketchy and weird. It wasn't even like, the only reason I say that is because comparatively, there's this mommy group that I'm in that has like 12,000 followers on it, which is awesome. Good for the mommy group. But the dad group that I'm talking about had like seven followers and it was really fucking weird. And I just recognize 
that they're the same exact group and they're accomplishing the same exact thing, bringing people together and doing stuff like that. Except the mom one launched like crazy. And the dad one is like, oh, you're just a bunch of weird fucking dads who like don't have other dad friends, which is not the truth at all. And yet that's how people look at it. And I just don't know why. One commenter pointed out that watching another dude take his children on trips to like Disney World or something like that for the first time before he could get to experience it with them was really, really hard. So being a a single dad in that aspect was difficult. And then this one was um, something that I've seen. I've seen it go both ways though. Because of preconceived biases, custody battles can be a hard fight for single dads. Men account for one out of every six custodial parents. We live in a state that is claimed as a quote-unquote mom state. So, Lance, I want to hear what you have to say about this. However, I want to share a perspective that I have as a mom who has gone through the court system in a quote-unquote mom state. That's bullshit, okay? Mom states aren't real. Dad states aren't real. That's not really how it works, so please get over that. However... The court more often than not does favor moms, and that's only because society has this perspective that moms are more nurturing. It's absolutely not correct. The courts are trying to move toward a both parents are necessary in the picture, which is more accurately aligned. However, the court, again, does favor moms more than dads, and I think that that's fucking ridiculous, and I hate that. Yeah, I would agree. Um, at least from my personal experience, I feel that uh, there definitely was a a leaning towards towards the mother when it comes to custodial. In fact, in my personal experience, the judge at the time, and again, this is a little while ago, but the judge at the time, you know, when we talked about 50-50 custody initially, the judge kind of gave this, are you sure? Of course, I'm sure. I mean, that, that felt to me like a really ridiculous question. Absolutely. That's insulting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, fortunately, in my case, her mother and I were able to, to figure things out and we were able to agree on, on what we wanted to do. But I can definitely see where, you know, some dads can be in a tough spot there because there's a little bit of a bias right away against them in that area. Some dads get really fucked by the system without question. Fuck that judge. Sorry. I meant to say that earlier, but I had a cough <laughs> drop in. So fuck that yeah, judge. Yeah, super fuck that judge without yep. question. But also, there are dads out there who genuinely get fucked by the system. And I don't know why, especially when I'm just going to really be honest about this. I use my counterparent as the bar of where all things should be set by the judicial system. Now, I honestly do because he's a pretty low candidate on on that spectrum. And I really recognize that I know really fucking good dads who have been fucked by the system while my counterparent just gets to lap up all of these luxuries that I don't understand why he gets. And this isn't me bashing him, for the most part, small bashing in there, not denying that, but real in saying that I know good dads who don't have the luxuries and benefits that this not good dad has, who doesn't earn them and doesn't deserve them, and yet the court gives them to him. But I know dads who really fucking work their ass off and they get absolutely bent over in child support even though they have their kids 50% of the time. 
I know dads who have custody of their children who don't get a say in where their children live or what they do or anything that they practice as far as religion. And that's really fucking disheartening to me, especially because I have the counterparent who does shit and he has all kinds of permission to do whatever he wants to do. It breaks my heart for dads who don't have that experience and are the genuinely good dads who are at 50-50% placement, if not more. And that's not to knock the dads who have less, but I really recognize that the equivalency of work kicks in at 50% and nothing less. On kind of that same vein, so child support is a flawed system. Stay tuned. But even more so for single dads who generally generally receive 10% less than single moms. This next one is actually a callback to one you mentioned earlier, Lance, which I was, when you said it, I was kind of like, not ex- excited is totally the wrong word here, but I'm going to use it, that you mentioned it. So being kind of ostracized at social events like birthday parties or um, like, what's the word, extracurricular activities for their kids because the gender there is primarily female. So like the dance can't Example. be Club, not club. Help me. Club, class, was, dance was, club. Class. I, I bring class. my six-year-old to that. That's, I know that's a that, that's a tough word. And I was thinking about that. So your example of the dance class, where you show up every week and you're there, and you at least have a chance to commingle eventually, because you're there every single time. You know, like these people get to know you and. Hi, I'm here. I'm not going away. Like, I'm in my daughter's life. I'm here for this event. Hello. It's not this one time because her mom had a headache. When you show up at a birthday party for a little girl or a little boy and all the moms are there because generally the moms bring the kids, I could not imagine being a single dad in that example. And I would be a wallflower personally. I'd be like, enjoy some cake, Timmy. Have fun. Does it feel like walking into like a lioness den? I'm really curious. Like a cougar den. Like, is that what it feels like? You just know you're about to get fucking pounced on? Uh, it's a little bit like that. <laughs> I, and as long as you don't wear that shirt, you mean? Uh, well, then, then for sure I'm in trouble. But <laughs> no, I, you know, and with a lot of like birthday parties and school events and things like that, you know, the moms, uh, at least from my experience, they kind of have their little club. Um, moms are so, super clicky that's real yeah yep. so you know they've kind of got their whole little thing going on and all their inside jokes and and yeah you definitely definitely are the outsider um, I remember there was a there was an event and it was at one of the swimming pools and again it was all the mothers and and me in this particular case and that was kind of off in the corner and just doing my own thing and trying to be careful. I had to go, you know, my, my daughter wanted me to come in the pool and play. Um, Mm -hmm. All the moms were talking and I was the one out in the pool playing with all the kids. But again, to, to one of our other conversations earlier, I'm being careful (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, I know I'm, I'm being critiqued. So, so yeah, there's definitely that situation out there. And I think it depends a little bit on the group of moms. You know, sometimes you can have kind of a different experience where, you know, they kind of, you're the only guy there and they, they kind of take you under their wing a little bit. And I think it, it depends on the personality of the ladies that are in the group and, and how welcoming they're going to be. 
I think that's a really interesting perspective and something that I just want to throw out there is I find more often than not when I take Tiny to the park, I'm I'm very specifically thinking of this one instance a few weekends ago, but I do find this consistently. When I take Tiny to the park, when when we go, more often than not, I'm editing while she's playing and that's how we like it, right? She doesn't want me to play with her on the park. She wants to make friends and I have shit to do. That's not me being negligent. That's not me doing anything other than I have shit to do and she wants to play. However, when I really look around in that environment and in this specific memory, the people who are playing with their children on the playground and also with my child, they're dads, honestly. There aren't moms who are pushing kids on the merry-go-round. There aren't moms who are pushing their kids or strangers' children on the swings or playing tag in the field like it's always the dad and I just uh, although I appreciate that and I really recognize it and I always make sure that I say thank you to those dads like thank you for pushing my kid you didn't have to do that but more often than not like I feel like in those environments the moms that are watching that are I'm gonna say like again like watching from that like cougars den kind of perspective but also almost with a negligence like oh okay well the fun parent is here anyway he'll just take care of it like I I just sometimes feel like there's this forced or perceived window that men are only capable of being in children's lives to x capacity and those things always involve fun well I think earlier someone said we're the buffoons right Mm -hmm. yeah I mean you're not wrong but (laughs) I'm just kidding no that That notion that you're just there to like monkey around and fuck around and that's it. Yeah, that breaks my heart because I don't ever want to make anybody feel like that in that environment or on the playground. But also I recognize like I'm not the one trying to play with my kid and that's not me not loving my kid, but like she'll go play on her own because I'm doing something. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not playful enough. Maybe I am not the fun parent. That could be too. That's real. I don't know. I'm just throwing that perspective out there. So the next one was, there's the struggle when work interferes with the time with their child because men are still very much expected to prioritize work over home life. There's not the flip like there is for mothers, I feel. I would agree with that. But Lance, maybe you feel different. Yeah, I I, I think I've been pretty fortunate in that way as well. And I think there's definitely a change in the workplace happening. I can say where I'm, you know, where I'm currently at. I, I don't feel that there's a lot of bias there, at least not from what I've seen. Like I, I feel even more and more so. I, I know there's a lot of folks that are in my department that have dad duties and they have things that are going on. As we've gone through COVID here, I mean, we've had people kind of expanding what they're doing from childcare and work and how they combine things. Um, and I've seen men and women both be able to take advantage of some of that stuff. So I think it's a good sign. Agreed. Yeah. So I don't know if if you guys have seen something different, but I I think things are headed in the right direction there. I am female. Hi. So I haven't experienced it. Also haven't experienced it. But I appreciate and I'm happy that you haven't directly experienced that. So agreed to that point. Yes, absolutely. One of the things that I read that was asking for financial support as far as like extra benefits, which they didn't really clarify what exactly that was, um, was shunned and that there's no real support for men financially in this space like there is for women. Once again, 
they didn't really clarify what that was and I couldn't really figure out what that was, but I thought I might still call it out. So there it is. I have an idea if Lance doesn't have anything to suggest for that one. You can go ahead. I recognize that my ex pays 50% of the child support for his son, even though he has 50-50 placement, which is not typical from a court perspective. Added on top of that, my ex doesn't qualify for a lot of programs that are offered to single mothers in general from that being related to insurance or from extracurricular support or whatever. I really just recognize that from a federal or state assistance perspective that I qualify for a lot more aid even though my counterparent does pay child support and does not pay nearly as much child support as my ex does for his child. And my ex does not have support the same way from the state that I would in programs or assistance or grants for scholarships or anything like that. Like, I honestly could go to my college right now and there would be a fuck ton of scholarships and grants that I could apply for simply because I'm a single mom, which is awesome. I love that. But I guarantee you that if my ex tried to do it, he wouldn't be successful because there's not enough out there for single dads. Well, I think you nailed it on the head. Exactly. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you. You're so welcome. So this next part, I'll tell you what it is, and I'm going to read a quote super quick, and then Lance, I want I want all the things that you're comfortable with talking about. Say the things that you're comfy. So what about raising a girl? Learning how to do hair, running into issues with like when they start um, needing bras, menstruation, emotions. A quote from Reddit that was on brightside.me. I lived with just my dad and my brother since I was 10, and going bra shopping is always an absolute delight. My dad makes it his mission to point out the most obnoxious bras in the store. He also uses a million euphemisms to refer to tampons, and last month pretended he didn't know that word, leading me to yell tampons in the middle of Publix, which I felt like could potentially be you. I agree. But I wasn't sure. (laughs) I agree. Uh, um, First of all, I would say that as a general rule of thumb, she avoids any of that with me as much as possible, more than I avoid with her. And yet I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to, to shopping for things and I'll ask her, Hey, do you need, you know, should we go shopping for this or that? No, nope. That's okay. I'll, I'll talk to mom about that. So I would say that she probably avoids it much more than I do. It is, it's really not a, an uncomfortable thing. I don't know for a, at least not for me that's so good to hear though because periods were a topic that we actually covered in a episode a couple months ago and how it's still an uncomfortable topic for men so to hear that it wasn't or that range of topics isn't uncomfortable for you in raising her is excellent all the kudos absolutely you know i certainly had to work through some of that so, you know, her first experience there was, of course, when dad had her. I spent a little bit of time on the phone with her mom. Okay, what what do I need to get? I needed to be educated a little bit myself, and uh, we were able to work through it uh, just fine. So, I think that's a really big deal. Teamwork makes the dream work. 
Absolutely. And also makes it a more comfortable experience for your daughter. Like I really recognize that being a big deal too. So I think that's really, really cool. I do want to just go back to for one second the piece that you had said about maybe it was more uncomfortable for her than it was for me growing up as the daughter who was sometimes with her father who wasn't very familiar with how to do that job I recognize that yes that would be really weird for me to have gone to my dad and said hey I'm on my period I don't know what to do with this like that would have been really uncomfortable for me So I really appreciate you throwing that out there and also recognizing that with your daughter, but also like huge kudos for you for working through it. Not in anything other than like really seriously, that wasn't my experience and that would have meant so much to me. So from me to you on a very personal level, huge kudos to you for really seriously working through it, getting the answers that you needed. And even if you weren't able to call her mom, I know that you would have found those answers, which is really the point. You would have figured it out and you would have been there for her. And that's all she needed from you in that experience anyway. So from me to you, that's a huge deal. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, really, you showed up. That's what matters. Dear dads, show up because that's all that matters. Yeah, people really underestimate that simple thing. Yep. But that's what we need. So the last point I had in here was a few men mentioned women laughing at their struggles because now they know how it feels do you have an example of that to struggle with taking care of your taking care of your child to like have to go through it essentially but why would a mom laugh at the dad i don't understand and maybe it's because honestly this could be just me being ignorant i'm really seriously saying that but i don't understand what you're saying to me Uh, i was gonna say i feel this probably happens and maybe this helps clear it up a little bit it probably happens a little bit probably a little bit more maybe with maybe with dads who are less involved or dads that don't have as much time. And when they get it, you know, and okay, now this is your one time that you have to stay home with the kid and the mom comes home and the dad's like, Oh, I'm pulling my hair out. And, and, and the mom says, now you know how it feels. Got it. Um, I, I think it probably happens more often in that type of scenario. A taste of your own medicine kind of moment. Kind of. Got it. Okay. It could be that. Or the other way I read it too was like women who don't see men in the caretaker role and have like formed this bitterness within themselves for that. So when they see men struggling with their own children within that role, they project that feeling and say, oh, now you know how we feel when we struggle with our children. Now you're experiencing the pain that women, that mothers go through. Now it's your turn uh that's fucking bullshit that's how i read it i'm not saying you read it wrong and the way you read it was fucking bullshit i'm saying if if that is really the understanding to anybody who thinks that that's how that works that's fucking bullshit because every child is different every parent is different everybody's fucking experience is different You have no idea what that person's going through, whether they're the mom or the dad. And maybe that child has complications. Maybe that parent hasn't slept in six days. You have no fucking clue what's going on. So why don't you just mind your fucking business and your own children? Fuckers. Oh, I hate people. Okay, carry on. This last section that I had is just something I wanted to point out to wrap everything up in a nice little bow. Why fathers... All fathers are important. 
the impact of engaged fathers. And this is from dadfixeseverything.com again. So even though I still don't understand that statistic from earlier, I clearly loved this site. Having an active, loving, engaged dad around is key to a child's development. Though single mothers and lesbian couples raise perfectly healthy children as well. Also, they didn't say gay couples in that quote, but I'm going to shout out gay couples too. Shout out to gay couples. Children with the best outcomes in life often have great dads. Here are the facts. Genetically, all mammals, including humans, more closely resemble their father than their mother. Moose is like a replica of his dad, except for his lips. So, yep. He has a copy and paste of your mouth. It's actually insane. I've never seen such a copy and paste in a genetic concept, but he literally has your exact mouth, and it's my favorite. Highly involved fathers lead to children with increased mental dexterity, empathy, lower sex stereotype role beliefs, and greater self-control. This one was interesting. Dad fitness levels are the best indicator of fitness and body fat levels in adolescent children. So the more active your dad is, the more active your child is? Yep. Oh, that's really interesting. Dads who play and roughhouse with their children foster better emotional intelligence, memory, learning, morals, and ethics in children. That's really cool, especially because I'm the mom who hates roughhousing. Like, I hate, I hate it. I don't, I don't do fighting. I don't, like, I just, and I'm not saying that I'm minimizing creativity, but I just, as the pacifist, that's not how I encourage play. So I think it's really, really interesting that you say that because I can think of the number of times that I have asked the partners in my life to like tone down the roughhousing and really seriously that's actually a very facilitative thing so thank you for sharing that with me I think that's a really big call out yeah of course I think one thing there's a helps to set boundaries so oh yeah and absolutely I'm just so sensitive to it because I'm a pacifist I've never had the experience where my partners were like roughhousing too far where it was like crossing a boundary of any sort But again, because I'm such a pussy and I don't believe in any form of violence, the fact that like we're talking about having a fight right now is uncomfortable to me. That's where I'm coming from. But I really recognize that that's not a criticism that I need to continue having, even as a pacifist for those reasons. Like I recognize it isn't a play space and there are those boundaries that's important to impress on your children as well as the adult in that situation. So I really appreciate learning that. Thank you. And finally, I had a quote for you guys. This is from Anne Geddes. Any man can be a father, but it takes someone special to be a dad. Felt. That's what I had on Single Dads. One of my favorite books is Why a Daughter Needs a Dad, whether that be in any capacity, right? Because I think to your quote specifically, anybody could be a father, but it really means something to be someone's dad. and. All children need a dad. That's a real thing. Like, I'm not in any way questioning that. But this book specifically is one that I was raised with and that I have incorporated in Tiny's Life too. And one of the quotes that's like my favorite that has always stood out to me is a daughter needs a dad to show her the strength of a man is not measured by the force of his hand, but by the kindness of his voice. And I really recognize that one quote in this whole book has stuck with me my whole life. And that's a real thing. Being a woman, right? 
because that's what I grew up to be. Hello, 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 hi, Celeste, checking in. I really recognize that that is something that I struggle with from my childhood because I've never been around men who know how to use a kind voice. So I'm very influenced by men who are yelling or who are angry. Like I'm, I'm very comfortable with them, but also very triggered by them. And that's because I didn't have that as a kid. So I really recognize as a kid who didn't have a father figure how important that is and why I really, really appreciate that we could do this episode, especially with you, Lance, one of the best dads that I know, because I really, really think that not enough people in society understand the role of the dad, whether that means you're the biological father or not. And I really think that we need to do a better job of, by society standard of not only defining that, but empowering the men who are doing it. There are 3.4 million men out there today who are doing this exact job. They deserve a round of applause just because they've never fucking gotten one before. That's a really real thing. And I really appreciate that we could do this episode for that purpose, if not also to educate. Agreed. Yeah, me too. To bounce off that a little bit, I think that a lot of the stigmas that Allie brought up through the course of the show have one thing in common. And to me, that is it's low expectations. Mm -hmm. I think that just in general, we need to have higher expectations and a little bit of trust and faith. And I, you know, that takes time, you know, but I feel in a lot of these cases, it's okay to, to have some expectations that yes, this person can handle it. And this person is, is capable of doing some of the things that maybe historically we didn't think. I think in that equation that you just threw out there, it's really interesting that you paired mistrust with low expectations. And I just really recognize that in any situation, if someone doesn't trust you and they expect you to fail, guess what you're going to do? You're either going to overcompensate like crazy and make yourself sick or you're going to fucking fail because you're already predetermined by this person to do that. And even if you don't fail by a major definition of failure, I'm not talking about like you set the house on fire and all the kids don't make it. That's not what I mean. I mean, you just maybe didn't meet their expectation. I really recognize that society's expectation of what dads can do is so low that if you're not meeting it, that person's fucked. But also, if you're exceeding it, that there's a very real possibility that that person's bar was so low that it's actually like insulting that you quote unquote exceeded it. And that has to change. We can't do that. We can't have such a double standard because you know what? I'm going to be really honest. As the single mom, it makes me resent single dads. And that's not fair. My issue isn't with single dads. My issue is with the way that society treats single dads differently than they treat single moms. That's my problem. It isn't the mom to dad ratio. It's the fact that dads get a pat on the back for shit that I have been doing since day one and nobody has ever blinked. It isn't the fact that the dad's doing it. And I just recognize that in order to empower dads, we really have to get away from that and stop comparing on that perspective. I think that the main thing is society needs to just realize that dads are capable, period. Without question. There needs to stop being these 
stupid preconceived notions that men can't be caregivers and nurturers and can't care for children because that rips away so many opportunities and so many loving relationships and so many important relationships that need to be formed that it's it needs to stop like I know so many great dads and Lance I remember when I was pregnant with Moose and we were on a trip and you were texting with your daughter all night hilarious stuff and you were the first dad that I've known that that was in constant communication with his daughter that clearly just enjoyed his relationship with his daughter and I said to you I hope that I have as good of a relationship with Moose when he's your daughter's age as you have with your daughter like that's my goal because it's so great and well formed and I wish society could look at that and say you've had that all along and like recognize it for what it is and that it's not abnormal you know what I mean I was gonna say that it's not unique specifically Although your relationship with your daughter is very unique and so beautiful, and yes, I echo everything Allie said without question, but that it's not unique in the sense of you're not the only dad on the fucking planet who is able to connect with his daughter and have that really beautiful relationship. Because although you are very special, you're not that special. Unique (laughs) is a much better word. Thank you. (laughs) Abnormal, Abnormal was a terrible choice. Did I say abnormal or did you say abnormal? No, I did. And then you said ab- and then you said unique and I was like, wow, I'm an idiot. Oh, well, I came through with the unique, but I also got to make a slam in there. <laughs> I didn't expect anything less in the end. I'm so glad. No, I, I agree with both of you and I appreciate the comments. You know, Celeste, you're absolutely correct. I mean, there are many, many great dads out there and Allie... It's funny that you mentioned that because I do specifically remember you making that comment on that trip. Um, it stuck with me and it was something I was, I was proud of. So I appreciate that. That meant a lot. Well, I meant it. So I do love your relationship with her. I've always loved it. I think you guys are just the cutest little partners in crime. And I, I love hearing about your adventures and the cool things that you guys do and Also, one of my favorite things about your daughter is actually, and not only about her, but in the evolution of watching her grow since I've known you, is the way that your relationship specifically has impacted her life projection and what she wants to do with her life. I think that that is so fucking cool and so fucking beautiful, and I really know that not only is this her passion and what she wants to do, but also that it comes from such a meaningful place for her. It's not a random passion that she found. It's one that you have facilitated and nurtured her whole life. And I just really think that's so beautiful. And I really appreciate that as a parent. And I am going to kind of copy Allie. I really hope that that's something that I'm able to obtain with my child as well, because I think that's always been one of my favorite things about your relationship with your daughter is that, and I've always really, really admired that. Well, you know, I really do appreciate it, and and these are the nicest things the two of you have ever said to me. That's probably real. (laughs) And we got them recorded so you can hear them more than once. (laughs) I know, I know. That's amazing. There we go. So uh, this is the part where I ask you guys, what did you learn here today? And Lance, guess first, what did you learn here today? 
Well, I learned that it is possible for both of you to compliment <laughs> me uh, in a short amount of time. And I'm a little bit taken aback right now by that, to be honest with you. I know. you. I can feel your anxiety over it. You don't know what to do. Um, Plus, my darling. Oh, Lance no, actually he's has not things he's done. Learned. He can be taught. He just got done saying nice things about you. And then he cut him off. <laughs> okay. Okay. Lance, please finish your thought. Allie, sit down. I completely lost my train of thought right now. <laughs> it is gone. Is it, my, is it my turn then? Lance, you think about it. If you learn something else, you shout it out. All right, you go You go right ahead. I learned a bunch of perspective about being a single parent that I personally wouldn't ever have just because, hello, again, woman, mom, checking in, but also because I don't have a co-parent that I can talk to as the dad in this equation to be like, hey, what are you experiencing when you bring her to this or you do this with her? Because I just don't have that. So I really appreciate a lot of the perspective that was shared And also, it really helped me empathize and put myself in the position of some of the men that I've dated who have children, because I can understand their perspective a little bit more as have been there. But there's definitely a lot of perspective that I gained from this episode that I just personally haven't heard addressed in this manner. So thank you for all of the research and all of that. And Lance, thank you so much for everything that you brought to the table to help me get to that other point of view because I really recognize the full spectrum and that it is a full spectrum. And I don't know if I would have done that without you. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity. Allie girl, what did you learn here today? Try to think of what piece stood out to me the most. Um, I would say the, actually the story that you also told Lance, the sleepover story. Another perspective that would have never occurred to me. Yeah, I would have never thought of that as like being blocked and how much that would suck. So I appreciate hearing about the experience and realizing that it's a reality that single dads have to go through. I also appreciate in hearing the experience, the thought being challenged in my own mind. Because I've never been in a position where I've been asked to have tiny sleep somewhere with a single dad. And I'm not even saying that I would be opposed to it. It really truly would depend on the situation, right? Like, and that's true with everything. But I've never given it thought as far as a possibility. And that's just me being ignorant and not having a ton of single dads in her friend base, right? Because that's where she would be spending the night. But you sharing it really brought that to the forefront in in even my own thought process of would I be comfortable with that? Would I be weird about that? Would would I not? And I really feel like I wouldn't, but also would I? I don't know. I really don't know. I've just never experienced that, but I appreciated hearing your perspective on it because that would be really disheartening. Yeah. And as, as I mentioned, I mean, it caused me to do the kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly. For me to think, well, how would I feel in that situation? And, you know, the difficult thing about it, yeah, I mean, yes, it, it's not a great feeling for me, but the tough thing is my daughter can't have her friends sleep over, you know, and right. in mm-hmm. the end, you know, she's the one who suffers for it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's a really important call out to that thought because absolutely that's where I'm going with it 
in my mind because I'm the parent who puts their kid first. You're the parent who puts their kid first. Allie's also that parent. But there are parents out there who aren't necessarily of that mindset where it's not that. And their reaction would be, oh, that motherfucker just thought that I was some filthy pedo instead of now my child is devastated and I have to explain to her that her friend can't spend the night, which if for anybody who's ever had to explain a canceled sleepover, you know, it's basically your child willing their life away. Like everything is over in that moment. There's no purpose in continuing on because there's no sleepover. And that would be a really, really painful and uncomfortable experience to try and explain to my kid, Susie can't spend the night tonight because her mom thinks that I'm creepy. Like that, that would just be so, and you wouldn't say it like that to your daughter. I know that, but still like that being the truth of the situation would be so sad. And then your daughter's crying on top of it and willing her life away because there's no sleepover and it's just not necessary at all. Also, little girls are dramatic over sleepovers, for the record. So, yeah, I guess that was my big takeaway. I think that was a great takeaway. Also, Lance, I just want to say thank you again so much for being our guest on this episode. We do love you, dear listeners. We love Lance, even though we're very mean to him. We are mean to him with love. It was enjoyable, and I'm glad, Allie, that you didn't get pushed off the cliff. (laughs) I am also glad I didn't get pushed off a cliff. Also so glad. I also wanted to echo, thank you so much for being on with us today. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you join us, and I'm so honored that you were here. Thank you so much for loving us and just being a part of our adventures and journeys through our lives. And we are so grateful to have a dad like you in our lives as someone to look up to and as a role model. So there was me putting on my my niceness for one moment. I'm, I'm going to relish every moment of that. I know. And again, recorded so you can replay it. And also there's proof now. There's proof I've been nice to you at some point. <laughs> Dear listeners, if you would like to connect with us after this incredible episode and to also give Lance a shout out for being such a fantastic dad, you are welcome to do so. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at Taboos the Pod. We are just Taboos on Facebook. If you'd like to shoot us an email with any of your taboo topics, you can reach us at taboospodcast at gmail.com. We also have a website, which is taboosthepod.com. Allie made it. It's stunning and wonderful, and it's my favorite. If you'd like to support us, because, um, hello, we are an indie podcast, which means we do this shit for free, in case you were curious. You can certainly head over to our Patreon page and help us keep the lights on. That would be so appreciated. We have some really fun tiers full of some really great shit, including our shots, our quick shot episodes, which are hilarious. I think we have another one coming out very soon. Additionally, it's already we... out. Oh, it's already out, according it's to out Allie. A week and a half ago. A week and a half ago, so long, long time Patreon listeners. Thank you, thank you, Allie, for that. Um, we also have other fun shit that I was excited to share, but now I'm not because it's probably outdated. And I was doing really good with that outro, and then Allie decided to just fuck me up. To tell you what is exactly on our Patreon <laughs> that you apparently never check, except to post things that you don't remember posting. You know what? I really don't appreciate this attitude. Thank you. 
Our Patreon is pretty fun. There are things on there that Celeste has posted that she doesn't remember. It's true. So that means that they're really fucking good. (laughs) I think you actually hit everything, believe it or not. Oh, I know. I did nice that time. There we go. I, I, I capsized on my professional start and ended with a professional end. Excellent. Thank you. And on that note, do Do you you. be taboos.